Welcome to another episode of Reading for a Change, a podcast from Moody Publishers, where we take an inside look at the books transforming our lives and shaping the world. Hello, I am your lovely host, Drew Dick, uh, and I am excited about this episode. It's, it's an unusual episode, okay? And the reason it's an unusual episode is because we have an unusual guest. Uh, but I want to welcome David Regeer to the podcast. Thank you for joining us, David. Thanks, Drew. I hope you're not offended uh, that I called you an unusual guest. I'll explain a little more uh, what I mean by that. But <laughs> I'm having a hard Definitely. time actually with the introduction because you wear um, a few hats and you're an author and uh, in ministry, uh, but you're probably best known for your freakishly funny and popular Twitter avatar, Church Curmudgeon. And that uh, is me. Is that, yeah, is is that fair to say? Yes, that is totally fair to say. That's, okay. I, I, I wear a lot of hats. Yes, you do. And the, the Twitter account that you run is the basis for your book, which is Then Tweets yes. My Soul, The Best of the Church Curmudgeon, which is awesome. Highly recommend it. I bought a copy. Uh, and I mean, you, you didn't even send me a free one, but that's okay. I'm not offended. I, I ponied oh, up the dough. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it would have been nice to have a signed copy, but you know, if well, we can, I, I, so I, I can, can work that out for you. Awesome. That can be arranged. We'll make it happen. The problem though, is I no longer have it in my possession because I actually gave it to my dad who absolutely loves it, even though he's never even heard of Twitter. Uh, but he, he desperately needed some new church jokes. And, and so he's loving it. Uh, and Very I grew good. up in the church pastor's kid. So I immediately got the humor of, the church curmudgeon uh, Twitter account and the book, because basically, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're playing this kind of old school church member, grumpy, judgy, uh, get out of my pew kid kind yeah, of the, attitude. The guy on the back pew. The guy on the back pew. And it's like, what is it? Like a, a Baptist, uh, old Baptist church member circa. Old Baptist guy. Yeah. Yeah. Old Baptist yeah. guy. And uh, he's, uh, He's been around forever. He's outlasted uh, a number of pastors and he's been on deacon boards and he's an usher. So he, uh, he knows about everything. And he's probably ousted a few pastors. Is that fair? I, I would guess so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Driven them away with his grumpiness anyway. So for yes. listeners who aren't familiar with this account, uh, let me just, just whet your appetite. I'm going to read a couple of tweets. Um, here's one. They call it a selfie. Because narcissisty is too hard to spell. <laughs> um, here's another one. Youth pastor fell asleep during morning session. We left clothes on our chairs, exited quietly. Then I blew a trumpet. <laughs> I love that because <laughs> you kind of have to get like, you know, eschatology and church culture to get that. Last one. This and, and I love it. You're, you're, you're throwing out some ones that are timely. They're great for the pandemic. And this is one of them. Turns out that asymptomatic Christianity doesn't spread either. So I love that. Let me ask you some questions uh, a little bit about this, uh, about your a Twitter account and, and also just some broader questions about faith and humor and the writing process. Um, That's right. Recently, I was musing myself on Twitter. Um, and if you're not too familiar with Twitter, it's this great forum of great thinkers, very serious thinkers. Um, that during this crisis, during this pandemic, this time of anxiety and fear and upheaval, that maybe in the future, when we look back at this time, we'll realize that the true heroes were the people who kept making dumb jokes through the whole thing. 
<laughs> and if that's true, <laughs> that, that makes me a hero. But David, uh, that makes you like Superman because you certainly kept us all laughing. Do you agree with that? Are we heroes? Uh, we, we're definitely heroes. Uh, I think that's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wear that crown. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be too self-congratulatory. It may be that the real heroes are the doctors and the, you know, first responders. Yeah, and that but kind we're of thing, on the, we're on the front lines. We're in there somewhere. Thank you. The yes. front lines. I like the yeah. way you put that. Can you tell us what inspired you to create the church curmudgeon? Well, there, uh, since early Twitter, there have been uh, some anonymous accounts, um, uh, just as a way for people to, you know, blow off some steam and uh, and tell the jokes. And uh, when I was getting started in tw- on Twitter, around about two thousand nine, um, or uh, no, it was twenty ten. Th- there were a few uh, like fake worship leader accounts and fake celebrity pastor kind of accounts out there. Uh, just a few. Uh, but I thought, you know, we really need to hear from the old guy on the back row because uh, that has been, uh, I mean, there's some of the most memorable people that I've ever met in ministry are some of the grumpy old guys. And so I decided, we, you know, we need that guy's voice in the mix here. Absolutely. And it's so rich. There's so much there. I mean, to get your jokes, though, like, I guess you almost have to have some kind of background with church culture. Is that right? Or do you find like even non-Christians are kind of enjoying them uh, as well? I've, over the course of time, I've picked up a, a, a broader audience. Um, when it started out, it was almost all uh, church-related humor, just stuff about, you know, I could could joke about the the map in the foyer. Uh and and the organist and the the ushers and all all of that kind of stuff, and uh, and I, I I reached a lot of people just uh, who who were part of the church culture, uh, especially people who had grown up in it. Um, as I went along, um, I started to you know expand a little bit more to put a little bit more of myself in there, just with a lot of the wordplay and the dumb jokes and. Uh, a little bit more cultural commentary and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, just to sort of humanize the guy, because uh, when when I started doing it a little bit more, I realized, you know, this is those people on the back row. They're not one dimensional people. They're they're whole people. Hmm. And uh, and as I've gone about in ministry, I've realized, you know, that. Uh, I, I have gained a lot, even from some of the grumpy ones that I that I thought uh, that uh, you know just criticized everything. You realize, well, they th- there's more to them than you see on Sunday morning. Right, <laughs> that's great. Well, and that's a very benevolent way of looking at it too. Um, can you? I mean, I joked about how uh, those of us who are telling dumb jokes online uh, during this time are heroes. Um, I've actually gotten some pushback from some people that like we're in a very serious time, right? It, it's this COVID is no laughing matter. I mean, people are literally dying. What's your justification though for in the midst of this time when, when people are hurting and uncertain and fearful about the future, feeling anxious uh, for continuing to, to kind of, you know, run this very silly account and, and making jokes during this time? Uh well, first of all, I mean, there have been some days that uh, 
that I, I, I'm, I'm not going to weigh in with, uh, with the silly stuff. You know, mm. there, there, there are, there are days in our lives, you know, when there's a school sh- shooting or something like that, I'm not right. going to jump in there with a joke. Um, there, there's, there are days of, of absolute gravity, uh, that, uh, that deserve, uh, some, some dignity and respect and not just jumping in there with a joke. But at the same time, you realize that as, as we're going along through this, uh, especially this, uh, extended time, I almost called it unprecedented. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> You'd be the first person. You'd uh, the be first unprecedented. Person. No. To call well, it way back in the precedented times, uh, you know, um, no, I, uh, as we go along in this, um, people, uh, first of all, you, you have to have an outlet. Uh, you have to have somebody break the, uh, the, the seriousness of the situation sometimes. Um, I realize, yes, that, that, that there are people dying. Uh, yes, that there, there are people who have, um, uh, who, who have lost loved ones. I'm, uh, I'm one of those, uh, mm. who has, you know, had to deal with, um, you know, with, with loss and, and pain, uh, through this whole process. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I've I've hardly ever been to a funeral where afterwards people don't just start, you know, people laugh. You know, mm-hmm. you 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 have to remember that there's more to life than the, the than the thing that you're going through right now. Yeah, that's so true. I, I I've seen actually people on Twitter um, and Facebook say, you know, who who can I follow right now? I just need to laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling it. This, this, uh, you know, the quarantine or whatever is getting me down and I kind of need that levity in the content that I'm taking in. So I, I think that's absolutely true. We need that. Um, can, can you pull back the curtain a little bit? Tell us a little bit about David, not church curmudgeon, because I think most people know <laughs> you from the Twitter account, but gotcha. what do you do for a living? What's your, um, what's your day job like? What's your day to day like? Okay. Um, well, I am a minister of music at a Baptist church, um, which gives me a lot of material right there. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so uh, that is uh, that is the day job uh, for the most part. I've also uh, been a, a freelance musician. Uh, I, I play here and there. I've, I'm a songwriter and, uh, and also just uh, I, I get to play with uh, a number of bands in our uh, area here in Southern California, although that hasn't happened much in the past uh, past five months at all. Uh, sure. That that is pretty much dried up. But that's that's been one of the the things that I get to do for a little bit more fun as well. That mm. just kind of supplements things going along. Uh, in addition to that, I have, uh, as part of what I've done in ministry is I've been, uh, putting the Psalms to music, um, uh, for the church and then for, uh, the, uh, the, the broader church, the church at large, I've been, that, that's been a project of mine for the past, uh, two and a half years as well. Uh, uh, putting the Psalms to music so that people can actually sing the Psalms in church. And, uh, that's, that's something else that I do. And then beyond that, I am, uh, married to a wonderful wife, Darlene, and I've got four 
uh, four beautiful kids, and uh, we are navigating uh, what's going on between homeschooling and uh, distance learning and a kid uh, in college, but not but not necessarily going to be able to go you know uh, go to school this semester. So we're we're navigating all of that kind of stuff. Our lives look uh, like a lot of the other lives out there right now. Right. We're all feeling it for sure, especially with kids. I've got three of them myself and mm-hmm. yeah, we, we got thrust in the, into the whole homeschooling uh, enterprise uh, in the spring and it looks like it's going to continue at least until Christmas. Uh, so that's, that's definitely interesting. Um, let me ask ab- about humor and how it relates to your faith. Do you see humor as something that's kind of separate? You know, okay, I'm a Christian, but I also like to to tell jokes and and make people laugh? Um, or is it actually something that informs and enlivens your Christian faith? Oh, that is such a good question. Uh, the way I, the way I look at it is one of, one of the biggest things that humor does for us is that, uh, it can, it can take us down a notch, um, especially mm. when, uh, when we're able to direct it at ourselves uh like i mentioned i'm i'm a music minister and uh one of the the clearest targets for the church curmudgeon uh one of the easiest targets is for him to go after the worship leader um uh, <laughs> the you know the, the 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 worship leader has always been uh you know one of the center points of you know during during the last um last couple of decades anyway with uh with worship wars and things like that uh, has has always been a target, and uh, uh, when I was a young worship leader, I got those anonymous notes in my mailbox, and uh, and and I realized at at some point I can't take myself too seriously, and mm. one of the one of the ways that I've been able to kind of diffuse that for myself is to have a sense of humor at uh, about it, and. Um, poke the most fun at, uh, at myself so that, you know, I don't have a big head about, uh, about who I am and what I do. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so self-important. I'm the most important thing happening on Sunday morning. No, that's, that's not the truth. Um, so just realizing that I, you know, I come to church, uh, just like everybody else, uh, to worship, but I come with, uh, with just a little bit different toolbox. Hmm. I like that. Humor helps yeah. me uh, keep that going. And then uh, it also helps people uh, lighten up. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know that there is a, uh, 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 I, I don't know if I can point to necessarily a, a clear biblical um, connection between mm-hmm. humor and uh and, and and faith, but um, uh, the, there's you know there's so much wordplay in the Bible. Um, that's what mm. I, I mean. I, I love all of the wordplay in the Bible, and and I think God smiles on our wordplay, uh, and I think he uh, you know he he wants us to uh, to enjoy language and what he's created, and humor is one of the ways that we do that. Absolutely. 
Well, I'm counting on it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's such an important point too, about not taking ourselves too seriously. And yeah, I'm, I imagine in ministry, you know, you get enough critical members and, uh, hard to take yourself too seriously anyway. Um, we are in a time, a lot of people have decried the kind of growing phenomenon of cancel culture. And part of that is that often it's hard to say anything that's funny to make any jokes without someone taking offense in some way. Right. I recently online, I made a silly joke about a way to feel more productive is to, to take your, uh, to-do list for the day and make it your to-do list for the week. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was a pretty benign, silly joke. Uh, but someone responded, they said, Drew, in a time when so many people are unemployed, um, you know, that's not a funny joke to make. And of course, I'm kind of like, oh, please, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. What's your take on this, though, this this idea that people can take offense to just about anything? Is it getting harder to be funny? At, at this point with uh, with the church curmudgeon, I mean, I have I have a pretty significant following, which is something that I never in my life expected. Um, uh, you know, having 100,000 plus followers uh, uh, which, you know, I, I never thought that I could just, you know, say stupid stuff and people, and that many people would listen to me. I mean, that's, it's ridiculous. Um, and there have been times when I've, you know, when I've crossed a line with, uh, with, with something that I've written. Uh, but at the same time, I'm, I, I recognize that I have a, a pretty broad audience made up of people who are on the left and on the right um, and of lots of different Christian backgrounds and, and maybe even not, not even Christian backgrounds. Mm. Uh, I don't try to, um, I, I, I think it's part of the, uh, the Mennonite in me that uh, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't get a lot about, uh, trying to seek to offend people. That's just not part of who I am. Uh, there are people like that, uh, and there are some great comedians like that. Uh, but that's just never been who I am. But uh, I've always sought to, to, to try to craft what I say when I'm, when I'm writing something. Uh, I'm, I'm writing it so that more people will see may, maybe the whole folly of what we're talking about. Uh, mm. Not to try to poke fun at somebody specifically, but but maybe just see the folly of the whole situation. And I find that people respond to that. Yeah, that's good because you're you're basically satirizing kind of a certain uh, Christian subculture, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's done in in uh, good taste and good faith, and people get that. Uh, in this season of the podcast, we are doing a segment called The Writing Life. And this is where, because I mean, you are a writer. You, you got a book. Uh, and of course, your 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 main medium is, is Twitter, uh, but that's writing, uh, even if it's short form writing. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. And for some of your tweets, honestly, like some of them are so, they're funny, but they're incredibly like elaborate too. I remember one you had about, I think it was like a youth group that's making pancakes and someone drops a fidget spinner into the batter and then they have to thin out the batter to find the fidget spinner. Anyway, (laughs) the punchline, as you know, is 
at the end, it's like, there it was, a spinner saved by crepes. <laughs> I mean, and, and the wordplay is genius and it's silly and it's crazy. And, and when I see that, I think, man, I, I want a whole team of researchers with electrodes hooked up to this guy's head, examining what happens at a neurological level <laughs> as these tweets are being born. Because <laughs> I just don't even know how you come up with these things. So I well, guess the question is, tell us your process. Where does this stuff come, come to you? Uh, yeah. How do you come up with it? Okay. Well, um, where, where that kind of thing come, comes from, I'd even forgotten about that one. Um, but uh, where that comes from is uh, my view of language is that everything has a pun and everything <laughs> is a pun. And so uh, there are there are some where uh, m- most of those, most of the, the puns that I've done in a long form uh, Twitter thread and, and those kind of things, I come up with the line and then I have to reverse myself and make a backstory for it. Hmm. So, uh, uh, and when Twitter, you know, they gave us, uh, we, we used to have 140 characters. Now we have 280 that, right. that allowed me to be a little bit more elaborate and then being able to thread them and all of that kind of stuff that, that gave it another, uh, you know, another level. But, uh, I realized that, okay, I, some of these little word plays that, that have always gone around in my head. Uh, well, I, I can I can come up with a good backstory for them, and so that's uh, that's just a lot of fun. I do a lot of it while I'm driving. Um, I have a little bit of a commute to my church, and so I uh, and I'll, I'll just do it while I'm while I'm driving on on the way to church. But uh, uh, my wife and kids will tell you that uh, that I am hardly ever not thinking of a pun somehow. <laughs> and I'm sure that's a burden that they have to bear. <laughs> well, um, f- for my wife, I think the blessing of having this Twitter account is that I don't, uh, I don't all, I don't just say them all to her the first time they, they, they come into my mind. So, uh, it, it, it gives her a little bit of a relief. Uh, the, <laughs> the curse about it is, is that all of my children have, uh, have, grown up to uh see the puns and everything so uh it's it's a little crazy at the dinner table sometimes <laughs> that's got to make a dad proud when you it see does. the gift has been passed on to the next generation yes <laughs> i think that's interesting though that it i think with with creative tasks so often this is something i've been thinking about a lot lately because we just consume so much content you know and, and this yes. is funny because i'm saying this on a podcast and that's that's content um <laughs> But I, I listen to podcasts every day. Uh, you know, I'll go for my run and I'll listen to podcasts and or books on tape and reading, watching news, TV, Netflix. You know, it's just so much coming in. But I think sometimes the most creative things happen when we're doing some sort of uh, mechanical, mindless task, right? Like driving or showering. I mean, it's, you know, almost a cliche. Like it came to me in the shower or, or I was lying down at night or something like that. But I think we have to kind of like take a break sometimes from all the incoming content to create that space for creativity. Yeah, I, uh, I've, uh, I've gotten some of my best, uh, stuff when I'm doing something else. Hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I am a Twitter addict, um, just, you know, without question, I'm, 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 I'm kind of addicted to it, but I, I, I realize that, uh, sometimes, 
it is it is good to just step way away from it uh, and then uh, then there yeah there you get the space to actually be creative instead of just uh, always reacting hmm. that's absolutely true and that's good advice yes from one Twitter addict to another I, I, I probably spend too much time on there myself uh, I can I can definitely uh, a second that that you need some time away from it especially if you're trying to be engaged in some creative task well david thank you so much for this time um and i'm just wondering how many bizarre and hilarious tweets the world has lost because we took your time uh from <laughs> <laughs> no i tweeted just before i got on so we ought to be good for for at least another 20 minutes good good um uh but listeners i want to encourage you that if you don't if you are on twitter and you don't follow church curmudgeon you've got to you got to rectify that situation immediately check it out i promise you it will be the funniest uh twitter account that you follow and that pains me to say it because i'm out there trying to be funny too <laughs> uh, but this is definitely the funniest one also i want to encourage you to head over to amazon and grab a copy of his book uh, then tweets my soul. Uh, and like I said, at the outset, I got a copy of myself, read it, gave it to my dad who absolutely loves it. Uh, he's got it all dog eared and lying around and, and reading it to people that come over. Uh, so maybe it's a gift for uh, your pastor or uh, a loved one who loves puns. Uh, I promise you that they will like it. Uh, also, if you've enjoyed this conversation, uh, please uh, go over and leave us a review on Apple or Google Podcasts. We're still a fairly new podcast. We're trying to get the word out and reach as many listeners as possible. Uh, so leave a review or just, you know, give us a, a, a rating. Uh, I, I checked them out recently and I saw that someone said it's it's like a coffee with your favorite author. And I thought I really appreciated that because I'm like, yes, that's, that nailed it. Uh, and now I'm wondering if I can use that in the, the promo and marketing copy. Anyway. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, David, thank you again. Thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>